Hi, my name is Rory Cantabri. I'm going to be host today on Arch Talk 101 with my guest, Bill Iverson. And we'll, we'll get kicked off and we'll just uh, introduce him. Welcome to the show, Bill. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me today. Yeah, we're just going to, you know, talk about the archery. You know, that's what the channel's all about is, is talking about archery. And uh, when did you get started in archery? Um, I would have to say I probably got started uh, in high school around that time. There was an archery program at uh, Downers Grove South Community High School where I went. Um, so back in back 94, 5, they had a uh, archery program and uh, I liked that. So it, it was, uh, you know, basic like long bows and field, field stuff, you know, um, started off. Actually, it was um, archery and flag football. And I played football back in the day. So, you know, it, it kind of, the archery was secondary. I wanted to play the flag football. But as I got into it, I was like, you know, this is pretty cool. And I, I stuck with it ever since, you know, 20 some years later. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, quite a story. I, myself, I started in the 60s with just an old fiberglass recurve bow and uh, Ben Pearson. Nice. I still have it. I won't shoot it because awesome. the fiberglass is starting to come apart. But, you know, you, archery is something you can do from very young age to very old age. You know, there's there's yeah, really absolutely. no limit. As long as you can pull the bow back, you're good. <laughs> so, yep, absolutely. I, uh, yeah, I went from that. Uh, and I, I'd always been into fishing and outdoors stuff. So, you know, archery was kind of a sport. And then, you know, you discover 18, you know, right out of high school, bow hunting and that. Nobody in my immediate family really hunted. Um, a couple, you know, a couple cousins or a cousin and, and her friends uh, had, had upland and waterfowled. And then uh, one of the guys, uh, Dan, he uh, he was into bow hunting. So I, I kind of, you know, I remember picking his brain a little bit about it. And then I started getting into it. And uh, I, I bought a old uh, Martin Cougar Magnum. <laughs> uh back in the day and uh i had that and i, I don't even remember what happened to it. it it something broke and you know i 18 19 years old it, instead of fixing things you know you just buy a new one right uh I, I had some an older pse like with cables on it and learned how to finger shoot off that you know with like the old solid metal pins and i just progressed from there yeah i remember those um <laughs> as you can see in my shirt um let's see what PSE. <laughs> I was a PSE right. dealer for several years. And okay. those old Nova bows were really, really good bows. Inexpensive beginner, you know, with the steel cables right. and and you know, you just had one string to make. The cables lasted for years and years. And mm -hmm. when I was down at the PSE school, they taught us how to make those steel cables and you have to make them in pairs. Okay. And you can't adjust them. So they have to be bestly dead on you can't be off by much because there's no adjusting them and right you know i remember you know back then when i had my store even you know 20 years ago that they were like 20 bucks per set of cables to buy the raw cables uh last time i heard they were over a hundred dollars a piece and try and find somebody that's willing to make them because if you mess one up you've got to start over and you know it's just not worth it now, you know, because now everything is all, right. all strings, you know, cables and everything. And and they're much easier to make because they start going bad, just making new ones. 
and and I make my own strings and cables. So I need a new one. I just make one. <laughs> you know, when, yeah, that's, that's, a different color. Just make a new one. <laughs> right. That's one thing I never got into was making my own cables and that. I uh, I was just brought it into the art in the pro shop and they had those guys do it for me, or bought the factory because I used to shoot Matthews. Once I got into yeah. it more, I was you know like the diehard Matthews guy. I had to have it. Um, you know, whatever it was, I, I'd buy them and the money I the money I spent over the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you'd bring it to guys like me because that's what I had. Is I had to pro shop it. <laughs> I did that kind of stuff. Right. And when I had mm -hmm. my shop, I didn't stock any strings. In fact, the strings that were left over from the previous, actually the previous two owners back, uh, I still have when I close the store because I never stock stock them because, you know, you come in an hour later, you got a new string exactly for your bow. You don't have to worry about right. it. Right. You know, because you've got this model of Matthews, this model of Matthews, and they're, they're different. This model of PSC is different from this model of PSC and the Hoyts, and they're all, they're all different. So you can't stock, you know, all these because they, they, they're different. So too much you just make them, you know, then you can, then you just make whatever wants and whatever color they want. You know, they, you know, you're right. not stuck to the, you know, the big one was the zebra ones, the black and white. It's like, well, yeah, that's the zebra barracudas. That's, that's what I yeah. do. Uh, it, yeah. Zebra <laughs> yeah, and and now it's like there's like twenty or some different colors, so you can make oh, stringer yeah. combination colors. And um, I I did a, a guy bought a target bow. It's kind of in a a maroon type color target bow, and I need to make new strings for it because the the size the draw length that he needed they didn't have. So they sent in the new cams for it, but then I was waiting on the strings. So I said, I'm not waiting for strings. I didn't make them. So, because it was kind of a maroonish color, I had a color called Mountain Berry, which kind of like okay. a kind of a, a, I don't know how to describe it, but it's uh, it's kind of a maroon color and silver. So I made him new strings okay. and cables and, and all that for that. And uh, he bought it over here and he was in Israel. Oh. So when he come back, I'm, so it's waiting for the bow, waiting for the bow, and they made it all up. And and when I sent back, I just had the work order, you know, warranty repair, and sent it back to him, <laughs> take it back home. Right. Nice, nice. <laughs> so yeah, it's. It, it, no, I'm sorry, go on. Oh yeah. So I just want um you know get into you know your journey you know from when you started back in uh, in high school you know where you progressed there and kind of the different things um, that you've done. So uh, after high school, uh, like I said, I had gotten a couple of that old Ben Pearson and the old PSC, and I, I really didn't know, I guess, how to hunt. And I still don't. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, you learn something new every time you go out. Every 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 person you talk to, you know, every every individual I speak to, I, there's always something to be learned, and I, I'm a firm believer in that. Um, so I just, you know, would always try to strike up a conversation or from anybody I could or anybody that was willing to even speak on it, I'd, I'd listen and try to take something in and learn and acquire and, you know, um, and just try to better myself and, and get to where I'm at. And, and still there's quite a ways, there's always, there's always room for improvement. You know, um, yeah. I started doing 3d a lot. Once I got my first Matthews, I bought a used Q. I don't even remember what Q something or another Q Q2. 97, 47, something like that. Uh, 
when I was probably 25, six, you know, and I, I was recently married, just had a baby. So to spend, you know, that kind of money on a bow was, was like, you know, it was a big thing for me, you know, I'm driving an old beater truck, you know, and well, how am I going to get better at hunting? How am I going to become a better bow hunter? Right. So I started doing 3d and oddly enough, I, I got pretty decent at 3d. I started, started winning, started bringing home trophies, <laughs> you know, my $10 entrance fee and I get a couple bucks for a, you know, a snack and I'd hook up with these guys and, you know, it got to the point where I was uh, with one of the older guys that I would shoot with all the time. He uh, 12 ringed a, a small bobcat cheetah target, you know, at 40, 50 yards. And jokingly, I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to Robin hook that you watch. And he goes, yeah, no, you ain't sure enough. I did. <laughs> and actually I have, coincidentally, I, I have that old arrow right here. <laughs> uh, when, when these, when these, uh, Carbon Express Maxima Hunters had like first came out, you know, yeah. everybody was still shooting the, the longer fletchings. And I was like, you know, I got the shorter ones and everybody's like, you know, what is that? You know, that's that, that ain't going to work. And, you know, I was always trying new stuff and sure enough, I, I did. I robbed it right there and everybody in the group laughed and I'm like, pay up sucker. You owe me 20 bucks. I'm not paying <laughs> you owe me 20. You destroyed my arrow, you know? So, you know, just, and that kind of, I remember that moment. And after that, I was like, you know, I am pretty good at this. I like archery um, a lot. And I, I started doing it all the time, all the time, like in the backyard, like just repetitive, just muscle memory. And there was a, an older guy. And I don't even know if he's uh, alive any longer. Um, there was, there was an old a senior guy at the bow shop and uh, he used to shoot recurve a lot. He made tables, he made strings which is again, a dying art, like we had talked about. And he started uh, drilling into me muscle memory stuff and now shooting at 18 meters blindfolded or with your eyes closed because at 18 meters, you know, it's, it's just at that point, it's just your body taking over. And I remember starting to blow fletchings off it and that, you know, and being like, all right, you know, and it just, all that did was help. And then guesstimate of yardage, there was never, a guesstimate it was just i knew what it was you know i was always you know right you know right there on you know on a deer or whatever it was you know or on the 3d course and then 3d well where we live up in northern illinois like outside of chicago there's only a handful of 3d courses and it kind of got boring it was like the same thing over and over and over and over you know so i kind of fell out of it i stopped i mean unless you want to travel you know go to wisconsin for like the reinhardt 100 or whatever and i you know, that kind of thing. But as far as, you know, something the average guy could do, especially with having now at this point, I have another, another child. So a toddler and a newborn, you can't really take off every weekend to go do this. You know, it was like a Sunday morning thing, leave at seven, be home by 1030, you know? Um, so that, that's kind of where that went. And then, then it just progressed into bow hunting. I then kind of got out of it. Just life happened the night. <laughs> excuse me uh g- got away from it as i started getting back into it about a year later i uh suffered an injury i broke my neck crushed my spinal cord and uh they said i was going to lose you know a majority of feeling in my hands a majority of the doctor was like you know you're not going to be able to shoot a bow again you'll lose fine motor skill and you know multiple other things and uh I had uh, sent a doctor 
pictures of everything he said I wouldn't do, I did, and sent him pictures to prove it. Not going to draw a bow back. It was a doe, but whatever. Here's a picture of the doe I shot. Um, yeah. Your reproductive stuff may not operate. Well, here's a picture of the baby we just had. You're uh, not going to be able to, you know, find motor skill and thread bolts in for work. Well, here I am under a car working. So everything you said I couldn't do, I did. The only thing he was correct on is uh, fingers and toes get real cold now in the cold weather. Like it's, <laughs> it's bad. That's the only thing that, and that could be because of the titanium holding my head on, you know? Oh, yeah, it could be, yeah. Um, but at that point, I, I uh, the one thing I did notice in cold weather, like right now it's uh, lows of like low 40, highs are in the 50s here in Northern Illinois, right? We're coming right into the pre-rut. And to hold that full draw in a stand after you've been sitting motionless for two, three hours at a time, it, I shake and I don't have the muscle capacity in the neck to hold. So I did ultimately end up having to go to the crossbow. I could still shoot, shoot 3D if I were wanted to and, and kept up practice wise. But in that cold weather, I don't, I don't trust myself to ethically do it, you know, any longer on a wild animal. Um, because I shake, you know, my, I can't, the cold affects my hands and I don't, I lose the feeling, you know, when I'm holding the bow when I have, you know, the, the handle is, you know, cupped in the hand and right. then on the trigger, I can't really feel when it's time to release as well as I used to. And, and I don't want to, you know, do something unethical and, and make a poor shot, you know, poor shot on a target's one thing, poor shot on a, a deer is a whole nother. So right, I did have yeah. to go to the crop. Well, and that's still archery. You know, my definition yeah. of archery is a stick with a string flinging another stick. Does it fit yeah. that category? then it's archery right <laughs> yeah there there seems to be a lot of uh a lot of negative towards the crossbow guys on social media these days and and it's like you know what okay so 80 percent let off magnifiers you know you're still using something mechanical to release unless you're using a longbow with wooden arrows and, and flint broadheads like i don't want to hear it you know <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, every, everything, you know, all the modern advances, you know, make it make it easier. You you, you still got to pick your spot. You still got to get get there. You're still not going to have that long range. It's not like a rifle where you could shoot 100 yards. You're not going to shoot right. a crossbow 100 yards. You know, nice thing about them, well, they're, they're faster. So they're fairly flat, you know, 20, 30. There's not a lot of difference. But, right. you know, between 20 and 30 and 40, there is a difference, you know. Right. Not it, a it huge amount. In the deer woods, you're not, we're, you know, 20, 30, most shots are, are 20, 15, you know, and that it's close quarters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you still got the, the really close shots. I've, I've had them so close that, uh, um, yeah, I could reach out and almost smack them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've had some where I actually seen the hair change colors when air broadhead went through the hide. Yeah, you know, because the out the inside layer is a different color. It's more of a gray. So you got yeah, the, the brown the on the outside. All of a sudden, there's a gray spot just show up. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and you know what people don't realize is, you know, even though you have a real close shot, you know, if you're really really close, you know, like in your five feet range, uh, five six feet range, you can't use your twenty yard pin. It ain't right. No. Yeah, you're raising up. Yeah, you got to shoot. A lot of guys um, don't get that. Yeah, you got to use like a 70-yard pin or something like that. I know I was at a yep. 3D shoot one time, and there was a, a gator 
is on a platform. So it was up, I don't know, probably eight, nine steps, you know, we're up, you know, a okay. few feet up. And the gator is only like five feet away from the platform. So it's almost like a straight down shot. Mm-hmm. And I knew on my bow, five at five feet, I got to use my 70 yard pin. So I come up and, you know, a lot of people take it and just start bending the arm down. No, that's not your form. That changes everything. And so you're mm-hmm. bending. So I'm, I'm leaning against the rail and bending over, bending over, bending. Finally got far enough to get that 70 yard pin on. And then I released, nailed it, right where it's supposed to go. And others say, well, I'll just sight down the arrow. Have you ever sighted down the arrow and shot before? <laughs> no, yeah, it don't work. And I, I know some 3D terminals as that. They purposely set the targets really, really close just for that reason. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's uh, everybody, everybody's all uh, brawled or whatever the word would be for the, the long ball shot. You know, everybody wants to make the, the 80, 90, 100 on the elk or the buffalo or the caribou or, you know, whatever. When it comes down to it, it's like, put it on that top 12 ring on the skunk that's one foot in front of you from 15 feet high off the platform. You know, that's a hard shot. Right. A real hard shot. Yeah. Well, and those long shots, I can't do those very well anymore because I don't see that well at distances. You know? <laughs> right. and, yeah. I- and when you start getting a little bit of cataract forming in your eye, then it, it gets a little blurry. So um, when I draw back, I got fiber optic pins. My pins have a black dot in the center of them. There's no dot okay. in the center. That's just what my eye sees. And, <laughs> you know, my because I, I see double, you know, I have prisms on my glasses that, you know, help with that. But mm-hmm. my I've always seen two sets of pins. So my left eye has always been the blurry eye. The right one's been the clear eye. So my mind just ignored the dim set of pins. I just don't even notice them anymore. You know, if I look for now them, now you there. shoot both eyes open. Yeah, I shoot both eyes open. I target when I do targeting, I close one eye. So I was, you know, didn't realize it, but now since my right eye is a little blurrier than my left eye, and so I'm drawn back on this deer, and the pin is right where it's supposed to go. I shoot. I hit it back and hit the artery in the back hip. And I'm like, I know that pen was right there where I wanted it, not realizing that all of a sudden my mind's picking up the bright set of pins, ignoring the dim set, which is now the right eye instead of the left eye. And I went down to the range, target, you know, close one eye, nailed it, open it up. I'm off by three feet with both eyes open. It's like, what? So I closed the eye. Then I figured out, oh, okay. My mind is picking up the clear pins and <laughs> ignoring the other ones. So then I found it because I always know where I wear a baseball cap. If I have a hood, hooded sweatshirt on, because I turn my head, okay. the hood blocks my left eye. Problem solved. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You, like you got to like work through whatever your, your problems are. You, you know, you have to right. adapt for it. And, you know, making those long shots, I just, you know, I don't see clear enough with the right eye anymore. And I'm not going to switch left handed <laughs> just because I got right, too many you, bows right in a bow. I mean, shoot <laughs> right handed. I had to go to the illuminated scope this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I got five you know, that low light. Right. Yeah. The uh, I was having trouble getting the focus on the reticle. Yeah. And then on target, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a problem. And I know it's going to be a problem at the worst possible moment, you know? Right. Yeah. So you, you just got to adapt, you know, what you're going to do, you know, uh, you, you right. had to go, you had to go to the crossbow because, you know, the physical problem. Um, I had one guy that's actually in the group that um, he 
you know, come in. A lot of them come into the ArchTalk 101 group, which is the Facebook group that I have. And we have a lot of people in there that are, are looking for advice and, and help. And uh, we have archers in there. Some have been shooting for 60, 70 years, and others have been shooting for maybe six or seven months, you know, the, the whole range. And he wanted a little help with his form. And so I gave him a couple of takes and I actually got on a call with him. And one of the things was, you know, this hand, the holding hand was, was, was not right. And he said, well, that's all his wrist will bend. That's all he could do. So I got on a call with him and we worked through a problem and he was grouping, oh, I'd say probably six inch groups went before this. And then, uh, you know, a few weeks after that, he sent a picture of three arrows touching. There's, um, are you familiar with New Era Archery? Nick Albanese out of New Jersey, Zeus Broadheads and that. He makes huh. a product called um, Steady Form, and it's a brace that mounts on the backside of the riser, and it braces the forearm here for form issues, you know. Oh, yeah. That, that made, that, that's a fantastic product for that. I, I would highly recommend, Nick's got a bunch of awesome stuff coming out of there. That's actually one of the, uh, the guys that I staff for, great guy. And I mean, obviously that oh, yeah. doesn't apply to me to study the, the brace. Um, but in a situation for the gentleman you were just referring to, I think that something like that would probably greatly help him. Kind of like the, the pistol brace they come out with for people that can't hold it. That's to help hold, hold the pistols. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, all yeah, something, something to help them. You know, like the bowlers use, use a, a brace on their wrist to keep the wrist from bending when right. they're bowling. And it just right. uh, just just an aid to, to help you do better. And exactly, improvise, adapt, overcome. Yeah. Now, what was what's the link for his website? Uh, it would be www.neweraarchery.com. Okay. Or you could just type in um, if you were to Google it, you could do New Era Archery or Zeus Broadheads. That's actually pretty much all I run nowadays on, or at all, selectively on, on any of my, my hunting rigs is, is, uh, his, his stuff there. Fantastic. Okay. It, it, huge wound channels. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I just brought up his website just so okay. I can remember. And, and he yeah, if you look, product uh, center. see that uh, steady form. I, I don't, I don't know exactly on the website. It would probably be under like other products, not clearly not under the broadheads part, but like other products. And you'll oh, see, that, like, uh, it's called Find It. Yeah. I, actually, under there, it's got a blank for um, steady form. Right. Yeah, there you go. Oh, That's it. yeah. Yeah, it looks like it just attaches to the, the back of the riser. and Exactly. Because there's normally, uh, a, on, on most bows now, there's a threaded insert on the back of the risers. So that's mm-hmm. what looks like it fastens right into there and then right mm-hmm. on your wrist to help you help you hold it. And right. That, that's something to, to keep in mind when, you know, we run into somebody that has has a problem with with that that grip. They just can't hold it steady or, or problem with their wrist or something. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of guys in that group uh, in the staff uh, page, you know, those guys will use that in the field uh, quite a bit. And I can see where a tool like that would be very useful, especially with the new craze of like saddle hunting where you're oh, yeah. very free, you know, and you're going to want to come up and 
it keeps that, you know, the hand holding the bow versus the draw hand, you know, it keeps that form and it, cause it's all about form, right. You know, right. it keeps that form true to how it should be. So you get. Yeah. Cause your, your form is, you know, when you're shooting on the level and, and you don't move your arm or anything up and down, you have to bend at the waist yeah, up right. or down. And, and it's really easy to start doing that to start dropping that wrist Well, that would help exactly. keep, keep that going when you're, you're, mm -hmm. all your shots at a compromised position you know sitting exactly. in a saddle um i prefer a hang on or a ladder stand myself but uh i've never hunted out of a saddle so i don't know <laughs> but yeah i uh <laughs> with my neck condition and all i i i i give it a try and maybe we'll start at like three four feet in may june <clears throat> i don't i don't know that uh that's something that uh you're going to catch me climbing up a tree with that. I, I had actually years ago, and I was just talking to another guy about this uh, this morning before we uh, headed out. I, I actually was in the stand this morning. Uh, climbers and that, I had a, a pretty negative experience years ago in an old API climber. I had a bottom fall out on me. And uh, luckily, I, I, I listened to one of the older guys, make sure you tether it together, top to bottom, tether it together, they'll fall. I'm like, okay, it's probably never going to happen to me, but I'll do it anyway. Sure enough, it happened. Later that year, it was late season, and I had one tag left to fill, and I was on a public property uh, in Wilmington, Illinois, at a place called the Propagation Center where they raise pheasants uh, to release for pheasant hunting. It's, it's like a game farm where they, they raise the birds. And you can qualify to hunt there, and I did. Um, and it was, it was a cold, cold day. Uh, late, you know, December, something that, like that, and it had snowed. And I was sitting on this cut crop field, and I got about three quarters of the way up, and both the top and bottom dropped and came down about eight feet. And oh. after that, I'm like, never again. I will never use a climber again. And it was in the dark, mind you, of course, you know, like five in the morning or whatever. So, yeah, I, nope. Um, I like my ladder. Put my backpack up there, get comfy. Not the most mobile setup, but it's all right. Yeah, it, probably enough ice on the tree itself from being snowy that it was just slick and didn't have anything to grab into. And yeah, it, yeah, come run here. Uh, yeah. Where it notched into the tree, and then the cable—not even like the just like the, the plastic coated cable, you know. Almost like the guys that do the tree climbing, you know, got the spikes under under feet and. And just yeah. just the pressure on there, and if if you you get too close to the tree, you just start sliding down. Yep. I know. I did not have here, a good meat for that day. <laughs> here in Nebraska, we don't have too many straight trees that we can climb up in. So in a lot of places, ladder stands are, are hang-ons are the only way you can really go. The climbers just, you know, the property I'm hunting now, there is no straight trees. The only thing straight really? would be a telephone pole. <laughs> Okay. You know, and, and there's none of those running through there, so. Yeah. yeah you guys got some, a lot of open field out there. Yeah, a lot of open field. Um, I I put some cameras up. We put uh, six cameras up on this property we're hunting, and the guy says, I, I don't, I haven't been seeing any deer too much. Like, so I put up one going in, and I put a little buck, and just a little bit, a little brow tine, another little short one come in there one morning, and Two day, two, I had them out for a week, two days, and then coyotes and rabbits and squirrels and raccoons. And, and then 
on a couple of the other ones, mostly just birds. And then a couple of them, when I went to set them up, I hit the button and turned them off. So I didn't collect any, any images. But they didn't have one at the other end. I didn't think, didn't really see much sign. I put it up and, you know, a bigger butt come through there and three does come through there one morning. So it's like, well, that might be a good place to set up. Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably about that time over by you guys as well, huh? Yeah, yeah. Our our rut's normally about the second week in November, just in time okay. for rifle season. <laughs> the, the the second the second week in uh, November, uh, that for ten days is our rifle season, which is right during the rut. So they kind of right take away from the archers. I know one year they they had moved it, and I was a deer check station at the time. Uh, when I had my store and that week that they moved it, the, the archers come in you know, during the rut. I was checking in nice big bucks for archery. You know, before then you, you get, you get some here and there, but that week mm -hmm. just full of really nice deer coming in from archery, you know, because the rifle hunters didn't get option. Then they had it just after the rut, which they're still going to get good hunting time. It's just, they don't get the peak of the rut that one year, but then right. they moved it back. Do me the rifle hunters complain because you know they couldn't have the rut and have the easy hunt. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we don't uh Illinois no longer has the check stations, uh, as far as I know. I, I think that that's something that um it might not be I mean we it's obviously it's a manpower thing with, right. with uh having you know DNR available and, and and uh you know agents to man a check station and, right. and I, I know that in illinois they're so understaffed that it's 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 bad news um yeah now what they at least last time i checked anyway for archery you didn't check them in for rifle you had to check them in um but when i was a check station that was almost 20 years ago so uh it's been a while now i i haven't checked because i i gotta look at what the laws they, they seem to change them you know once in a while so he's got to check them before you go out and Okay, what are the oh, yeah. rules for for doing it? You know, just so you, make sure you do it right. You always got to know right. that, and you know, there's a lot of different options. So, yeah, now I know that where where we're hunting there, we got to be there in the morning because <laughs> <laughs> at night in the morning is the only time we're, we're seeing them. You know, on the the week I had it out on the cameras that I did have turned on. Right. <laughs> so I got I think I have them all turned on now. So I'll let those run and then go check them here. I say I'm retired, so I can go anytime. Right, I uh, I've got decent movement. I got some nice bucks. Uh, almost everything's nocturnal still. Every once in a while, you'll get one okay one that'll run through it. You know, early like probably first 15 minutes of shooting. But I'm I got I'm off uh, I'm off work on vacation uh, November 5th uh, through the 15th, and I'm really hoping that uh. It was warm for a while here, so now we got stabilized to about uh, lows of about 40 and then highs right in that, you know, 55 range. And if that stays stable for the next two weeks, it should be good to go. I have, at the property I'm on now, um, the corn is still standing, so that's an issue. But I think that they'll, they'll still push through and, it, you know, they'll be in the woods. Um so I, I don't I don't really foresee it being too big of a problem. I just got to play my cards right and obviously play the wind right, being the most important yeah. thing. So I got a couple of good ones on camera. 
hopefully I'll get a shot at. Yeah, I got I got one nice one down at the other end where I seen the three does that one morning. Uh, there was there was a a pretty nice looking buck. You know, probably not as big as that one in, in behind you, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh that's just some, that's like one eighteen, one seventeen, something like that. That's not yeah. that a monster ten point. Actually, that's off the property I'm on now. Um, I took that actually that's last year, November seventh on Veterans Day. That was a nice, nice uh, gift for that day. Yeah. Thank you. So what are your, what are your kind of your goals now? Cause I know you're, you're into, um, you know, crossbow for hunting or are you, what are you looking to get into, you know, the next few years? Um, at this, I don't know. I'd say as far as hunting wise, I've kind of graduated more into uh, what prime example this morning. I had a nice, nice doe come out 20 some yards and I just turned the tactic cam on and I have it mounted on the rail on the, next to the scope on the bow. And I'll tell you, I had as much fun or enjoyment out of just watching her, you know, do doe things out in the right. field and not know that I was there. She had no clue, which was pretty awesome. Like I came home real quick. I popped the SD card out put it in the other SD, you know, the larger and loaded it up. I, I had to see the footage. I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. You know, she had no idea I was there just wandering around. And I, um, any other goals? I, you know, I I'd like to be able to try to get back into regular archery or maybe even to like trad, but with, with what, with work and kids, it's, it's hard to dedicate the time to be good at it I, I i believe that you know it's like the old adage of, of a guy that you want to either duck hunt or water or uh deer hunt if you're going to be good at it you pretty you should dedicate all of yourself to the one right. you know so i i feel like with with my sons wanting to fish in that there goes a lot of the time into what i would have to put into like you know, getting back into archery to give it everything I have. And I don't want to take anything away from them. I mean, if they got into it, cool. I, I had my oldest out uh, last year, uh, slug season and it, you know, we didn't see anything, but it, it was so awesome. You know, it was a great time being him sitting in a blind. I don't know if they're at the point yet where they want to want to really hunt or, or, you know, get into it. I think it's more of hanging out with me type thing. Um, they're definitely into the fishing thing for sure. Like that's, that's all they want to do. So, I mean, I'll a hundred percent support that. Unfortunately, my son was actually looking, uh, or had made mention and talking, wanting to be on the bass fishing team at his high school, but they took all the, the extracurriculars away. And that was one of them. So you yeah. kind of got the short end of the deal on that as, as a lot of people did, you know, with other things. Yeah. So so, you know, we do a lot of fishing, but as far as the archery thing, um, I, I don't know that. I, I, I would honestly say I, I like filming quite a bit. I, I enjoy, obviously, the hunt. I would like to make it out west and, and, and try to uh, to get on maybe an elk or even a pronghorn or something like that out west at some point. That's definitely a goal of mine. Um but as, as far as anything else is, is accomplishments in archery, I mean, 
I kind of feel like with the crossbow, you're there's no like three D or target. I mean, I, I, I there might be it. actually mission. If I'm not mistaken, there is mission has a uh, a crossbow like team, right? I'm I'm not sure. I don't really follow the crossbow too much, but uh, um, the the problem running through with crossbows is they normally bury the bolts in there so deep that a lot of targets they they won't let you shoot at them because they they bury in there so right. deep. And I don't want to had my range. You know, you could shoot a crossbow in there, but you might get it buried in the backstop. So you know, I just recommend bring in your own targets. You have something to shoot in that designed to stop the crossbow. Right. And you know, they just because they're so short for one thing, and then there's a little bit more power in them, and yeah. so they just seem to bury in, and then you can't pull them out. If you can't pull them out, then yeah. that's a hazard for the next one shot. And... Exactly. Yeah, they're they're yeah clearly a much shorter. The bolt is shorter than the arrow, and and the the kinetic energy down down range is so much more superior than that of of a you know a compound. It. The one nice thing though is that versus an animal, you're unless you're way off, you're you know if you an inch one way or the other off your mark, you're you're probably going to get the job done just because of the impact, you know. Right. You know, there's always that spot on the shoulder that arrows just don't go through. No, no. I there's a I, I hit it once and I was like, you know, maybe ten yards away, seventy pound bow, you know, with a hundred grain muzzy broadhead and. Yeah, it didn't penetrate through it. And I've gone through the shoulder blade lots of times, but not that one bone up there. It it just right. Yeah, you, know, you just don't go through it and you know, they run off and heal up and where they go. <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty uh, resilient creatures for sure. There's there's plenty of uh plenty of evidence of bad shots right. online if you look, you know, of Things you would think that wow how could this animal have possibly survived and then you look at it and you're like wow that's pretty impressive right i know one time i i i was out and this buck come by and had you know one okay rack and the other one just come up and just got flat it's a defective rack and so when i'm i'm taking the back straps out i heard a clink one of those broadheads that the blades just kind of fit in there not really solid must have hit mm -hmm. it in the, the spine back there on the on the back strap, and the, the one blade come loose and then dropped out. That's why I don't use that kind because <laughs> it's just not very solid, yeah. and it just fine. Well, it just messed up his rack, but everything else is just fine. You wouldn't even know it until uh, um, you know I was taking the back straps out and hit part of the broadhead. Right. Yeah, those um. Um, like I said, I'm I'm pretty particular with with what I like to use. I you know select amount of uh, stuff that I find that works. You know, and I I stick to it. Um, hopefully, the stuff's around for a while. I seem to have this curse of if I find something and I like it, it goes out of business or they change it or you can't find <laughs> it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I've I've had a few things like that that is like, oh man, this really good. And next thing you know, it's like can't get it no more. Right. And then you find it online and it's either eight times the price or you know, whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not I'm not doing that. <laughs> right. You know, I, I started out with Muzzy Broadheads. My first broadhead lady said, Well, I asked what broadhead should I use? And she said, Well, Muzzy. I started off with like a four bladed one twenty five and now she's a three bladed one hundred. 
I've been shooting that. Oh, like the MX3? Yeah, just 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 the original Muzzy Broadhead. I right. still shooting that same one. And my arrows, well, my target arrows are about 360, 370 grains. And my hunting okay. arrows are just right about 400. Because um, I, I tried I tried some, uh, when PSE come out with what they call their hunter shaft, uh, they had okay. their comp pros, which is 1,000 straightness. And then they come out with the hunter shaft, which is 7,000. And, and they're quite a bit cheaper because they were parts that, you know, they couldn't sell, you know, the three or the six. So I come with a hunter shaft. And when I first ordered them, what I was ordering my 300 spine on PSC, they go 100, 200, 300, 400, the stiffest. And of course, they're heavier. Well, I ordered in the 300s because that's what I need for my, my draw length and my weight. Well, they actually were 400 weight. So they're heavier. So I got ready to replace them. I'm like, okay, I need to stay at the same weight because I don't want to redo all my pants. So I had some weight <laughs> tubes. I was putting weight tubes in there to get the weight up. <laughs> so those are on about four and a quarter, I think those are. But normally, I, I don't hunt with the big, heavy arrows, the big, heavy broadheads. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you know, my bolts, I want to say, are like four and a quarter right now. And I run 100 grain broadheads on it. But yeah. I like the heavier. Um, I run a heavier bolt only because I think that I would sacrifice a little bit of speed, a little bit of feet per second for heavier kinetic hit. Right. On the end, there's a lot to be said about about that penetration. You know, um, yes, speed kills. I I 100% agree with that. But you start to get into like the nine millimeter versus 45 argument, you right? Know? <laughs> um, and like that, you know, that could be like Bears, Packers, Bud Light, Miller Light, Chevy Ford, Dodge trucks. You know, you can go all day on that. There, there, there there's advantages. Advantages to both, but you know, I have both. And right, right. You know. You could one has an advantage, you know, and has a, a disadvantage because of the same advantage, and the same thing with broadheads, you know, and arrows, you know. So it's all the same right. thing. You got you got the mass, but slower, or you got lighter, but you got the speed, you know. And I looked up, you know, the kinetic. I forget what it's now. The kinetic energy required, you know, to efficiently kill a deer. And I looked at my bow, and I, was, I had a chart that showed it. And I got enough kinetic energy out to well over 100 yards with what I'm shooting. At 10 right. yards to 12 yards, I got plenty. You know, I, yeah, I shoot 70 it. pounds. You know, the guys that are shooting, you know, in your 50, 60 pounds, you know, then, you know, you're losing a little bit there. But, you know, I'm I'm shooting a my hunting bow is a PSE uh, Carrera. It was right at 320 feet per second. This is a 2001 bow. And, of course, I'm not getting anywhere close to that because you never will, you know, because you're not shooting right. yeah, exactly the setup. Uh, you know, my draw link's a little bit shorter. My arrow's a little bit heavier. I'm shooting a kisser button and I've got a peep and, you know, I got a loop on there and I got string silencers on right. there and everything else to make it more shootable and quieter. It's all going to slow it down, but I'm still shooting, you know, good speed out of it. I don't remember now what it is because I haven't chronoed it in, since I set it up. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, the like speed don't matter. I don't care what the speed is. I just, you know, I got my 20, 30, 40, and 50 yard bands. And I guess yardage and it, it goes where I put it. So, um, yeah, right. I, I don't care about the speed I, of the mass. <laughs> the, um, yeah, on, on mine, it's rated, I think, 425 feet per second and 160 some uh, pounds of kinetic. And, you know, with the uh, 
bolt grain. Uh, I run the hundred the hundred grain uh, broadhead, and then I got Illuminoc in the back. Um, I'm probably closer to like four, maybe four hundred. Which four hundred yeah. feet per second, you're still putting out. You know, you figure one fifty. 148 150 something like that foot pounds that is more than enough from oh, yeah. you know I, I would not hesitate to take any shots of 40 yards I, and, and yeah i know there's guys that target shoot in practice and oh yeah you can shoot up to 70 80 i don't do that i'm not at no point do i you know for me bow hunting has always been how close can i get not how far if it was a game of how sure. far then just go get the 30 at six you know I want to be yeah. so close I can smell them. Right, right. Yeah, and that's that's the difference between you know uh, rifle hunting. You know, hundred yards is a close shot. You know, when I, I just right. times I've been out with the rifle and they're they're out at hundred yards and it's like, oh man, it's too far. Wait a minute, I got a rifle in my hand. That's a normal shot for rifle. Like I'm still in the right. bow hunter mode. You know, I'm I'm looking at a closer ones. You right. know, I my first year. I was about 20 feet up in a tree to get over some brush and the deer was about 40 feet away. I was shooting 52 pounds with a 2117 full length arrow with 125 grain broadhead on it. And, and when I shot that deer turned around and almost all my arrow was hanging out. <laughs> this is from 40 yards away at 52 pounds with a big old heavy arrow. And it's still, it's all shot placement. Right. That, yeah, that, that's another one that you'll see all the time on um, on social media. You know, guys going back and forth arguing, you know, mechanicals and this broadhead sucks and this broadhead, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, if, if you hit where you were supposed to hit, they'll all, you know. Now, granted, there's a million and one X factors, right? So you want to put the right. odds in your favor for the X factor. Um, and, 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 what works best with you what work and again what you're hunting you know i'm not going to use the same broadhead on a whitetail that i would if i was in africa on a cape buffalo or something you know that's clearly <laughs> yeah it's it just all uh, you know most you know most of it's shot placement and you know and that's where um you, know, you gotta practice and I, I like shooting targets because then it develops your skill of putting the arrow mm -hmm. where you want it you know, so I know if it's 25 yards and I have the gap between my 20 and 30 yard pin, I know that I'm going to hit that spot. Well, then I like to shoot the, you know, I'm not really too much into shooting, you know, 300, you know, the target competition. Um, right. I use it for my my archery shooting skills. And then I do the 3Ds because then that helps you judge yardage um, and then a little yep. bit of shot placement. Uh, but the thing we have to realize, though, when you're deep shooting 3Ds, where you shoot a 3D target, it's not where you shoot the animal in the same spot. Right. That 12 ring, uh, Reinhardt and McKenzie uh, never never got that. I mean, some of them are. But for the most part, that 12 ring is not where I'd want to. No. On a lot of no. them, not where I'd want to put that, that arrow at. But but it, it's most certainly a, a um, fantastic training tool. And to keep you fast and sharp on the yardage you know what i mean right because that that animal is constantly moving so you want to you know you look you know the yardage and it, so it's not even a thought process anymore it just happens it's just an automatic thing you know all these guys rely on on the um the rangefinder now and it's like 
Oh, I, I don't have my rangefinder. Uh, well, how do you think we did it back? You know, before every, before it became an affordable tool that you know everybody had in their arsenal. Well, I just I just got me my my first rangefinder last year. <laughs> I got me a, a Vortex <laughs> uh, Ranger, nice. uh, good out to eighteen hundred uh, yards. Um, I had even used it to range it because I I used to take it and I'd have a like a, a 30 foot rope in my backpack. And, you know, before I could really judge like in a field, it's hard to tell in a field exactly where it's at. So what I did is I had a loop on the end of it. I'd put the loop on my bottom peg. I'd walk out. I know that's 30 feet. That's 10 yards. I'd put a little flag on the ground. And then I would I would take and mark it there. Okay, now there's another 10 yards. Now there's 20 yards out. And then I can do that, and, you know, until you finally learn how to judge yardage and, you know, after a while, right. it's like, even with a rangefinder, if you use a rangefinder first, you're doing yourself a disservice. Guesstimate the yardage and then verify, yep, I was no eyes off, why am I off? And, and the hardest thing for archers is them uphill or downhill shots. Most people do not know how to shoot them. And I had say, well, you gotta shoot low. Well, no, it, it's not really just shooting low. You got to know what the deal is. And, you know, gravity works on arrow going straight down. I don't care how far it travels. It's going to it's gonna drop based on the, the linear distance, the horizontal distance. <laughs> so I like to use your three, four, five triangle. Anybody that does any kind of construction knows a three, four, five triangle. Um, you, you've got three on one side, four on the other side, and five across. So I like to you know, use that as an example if you teach somebody you know, what you really need to do. It's like, okay, you're 40 yards up on top of the hill, on top of the tree. You sight straight down to the deer. It says it's 40 yards, but the trail is 30 yards away from it. What do you shoot it for? Normal answer was 50. No, you just shot over its back, completely missed it. It's 30, and, and it's hard for people to understand you know that and so what i would do is i'd look at the trail because i was in this situation one time where that deer looked like it was 40 yards away all day long it looked like it was 40 yards away i knew it wasn't as 20. i shot it for 20. i got it for 20. <laughs> because what i did is i looked at the trail because i'm up so high i found a tree go straight up judge yardage to that tree that is where my my distance is to that tree not to the ground right. and then shoot for the ground. Then of course you got to remember the bend at the waist. And that's why I was using a right. sling because I don't hang on to the bow. If I ever had didn't have my sling on and I shot it out of my tree stand, my bow would be on the ground. It'd fall. Because I don't hang on to it. That's what the sling's for. Right. I people say, well, you, you need to you need to hang on to your bow. No, that's what the sling's for. <laughs> when you hang on to the bow, it changes the way it shoots. So right. Yeah, I, I've been teaching for many years since '95, and okay. then I, I spent 20 some years doing martial arts, and I kind of combined the two into, you know, in in martial arts as well as in archery, you want to put your power to your target, and you know, so I kind of explain a little bit differently when you're when you're holding your bow and you're shooting, that hand should go straight to your target. If it, if when you're done that arm is extended and it's not pointing at the target, you're holding it wrong. Because what right. you're doing is you're pulling it to one side or the other. 
and and I like to you know show them it's like you know it should be off to the side like this and people come and turn this way so now they're at a, a steep angle and then it's okay put your hand out okay resist I'm going to push on your hand so I move it away their hand goes out like that's what you're doing at the lower time you shoot where if you're pushing and not straight, to mention the fact that you're forking it at the, the camera the wheel right right and that so that, in theory could cause a derailment of the string right and that's if you're gripping your bow some people grip it and then they'll, they'll grip it so tight they'll start start turning their their wrist out and now mm -hmm. now then the bow is here the cams are at an angle and your strings back here and when you shoot you can easily take that come off and that's what happens sometimes when people will let down they'll draw back with their fingers and they go to let down in the process of letting down they're 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 keeping their hand over here and they're holding hand twist that a little bit next thing boom snap right off right off the, right. the wheels one one thing and i know and i haven't shopped for a new bow in, in a long time but the matthews with the wooden grips i really really liked the wooden grip never a glove on that hand your natural oils in your hand it would just pivot so nicely and just right just just sit right there and you could just move how you want you know i don't like the rubber because the rubber right rubber is there for grip well i was always the opposite i don't want grip i want that to just just literally pivot it, so it could do what i wanted with this hand so where right. this hand yep. was is where that went you know and that i why they why they got away from that i don't know um I, you may be able to still get it like on their accessories or upgrade or you know whatever it might be but yeah you see so many of these with these big giant bulky grips it's like what huh like you're not it's choking the thing you know it, it's not it's not natural you know you know i tell people it's like hold your hands down at your sides and then bring them up and then when you bring it up just tilt your wrist and, and this is the you know like this there and you get the big fat grips now your hands like this and now you you can't you can't keep it straight it's the same right, thing you know the forearm muscle and it, it just it doesn't it doesn't work yeah the skinnier the grip the easier it is because your hand in natural position is only maybe an inch wide at most and you start right. putting them on it and i one time i had some of those wraps those the limb saver wraps and i, I put one of those on there and like uh i took it right off i was like i don't like it it's, it's too fat for one thing because it makes it even wider okay. And then it kind of sticks to your hand. It, you, it won't settle down in there like you want. Right. The wind grip. Yeah. All, all mine have wood grips on them, whether it's a solid grip right. or just most of them are just the slide pieces on them. Uh, of course, right. I, I have I have old bows. My hunting bow is a 2001 PSC Carrera. And then uh, my uh, other target bow is a 2003 PSC Scorpion, <laughs> of which the version I have, they only made one year and then they made it into uh, uh mine's a, a two cam the next year they come out with a one cam then they dropped it <laughs> all together right <clears throat> yeah they've uh they've definitely come a long way for where they're at now yeah so is the pricing <laughs> yeah and you know now the bows are getting so short they're getting shorter and shorter and shorter you know you got your 28 29 you know, maybe a long bow might be 32 or 34, and they're just so short. You know, when you have a 29-inch draw length, um, actually, I'm, I'm 29 and a half, but I do 29, a little extra bend in that arm. I can wear a big, heavy park in wintertime. I still don't hit my sleeve. 
you know, you yeah. stretch them out. You know, I've I've had them work before I knew, you know, out so far that it hit hit my arm and made the arrow do weird things. I still ended up getting the deer, but it hit back back in the hip and it had to lay down. And where it ended up laying down, I could see it, but there was a tree right in the way. I, I couldn't I couldn't take another shot at it because there was a tree right where I had to shoot. So I just had to wait, you know, and it finally bled out. But you know, you it's all because, you know, hit my sleeve because I didn't know any better. And I always like it when people show their arm forearm all just black and blue and purple and and my comment is drawing's too long or uh <laughs> you ever see on um like the videos or the reels or whatever on facebook and you'll get some scantily clad woman or or whatever and they'll be drawing and they'll all the way up here and come down i'm like what come on uh, like what are you guys doing there are a few know, ladies out there that that are really good archers, but I could make them a little better because I could tweak their form a little bit. Um, but there are some that are really good shots. There's um, there's some really good shooters out there. I know there's one lady, she she shoots uh, recurves and you know, she'll shoot aspirin, she'll shoot cards, she'll shoot all kinds of stuff. Very, very good. And Yeah, the trick stuff, shot stuff is, is always entertaining. Right. Yeah. And, and it's it's all, you know, it takes a lot of practice, a lot of skill. You know, she makes it look the, easy. Uh, the far, the farthest into that I ever got, I bought a, or I traded. I, I might have traded for it a uh, bear Kodiak Magnum, and I got some flu flu arrows, and we were screwing around, and we actually went out pheasant hunting with it. And uh, I was up in front, and a couple of my buddies were behind me with with shotguns, and the dog kicked the bird up. And I drew back and I smacked it. I hit it in the rear, spun the bird around. It went down and then it ran on foot, got back up. And then they finished it with the, uh, finished it with the shotgun. But I can say that I, I have taken a bird out of the sky in flight with a recurve. One time <laughs> I've done it. People thought what? it happened. <laughs> well, it's one time. That, how many can say they've actually hit one? <laughs> no, I, it was more luck than anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nah, yeah, good, you can, you skill. can throw discs all you want, but when that bird comes up and it's zigzagging, you know, yes, pheasants are slow and they don't kick up, you know, as fast as, you know, other uh, quail yeah. or something, you know, a relatively large target. But I did do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's that's good. You know, I I haven't ever tried that. I, I I'd have to use a recurve because I couldn't use a compound. Now, me when I when yeah. I shoot when I shoot a recurve, it's instinctive. I don't look for sights. I don't look down the arrow. I don't reference off the bow. I look at the target. I draw back and I shoot. Uh, I get a compound in my hand. Completely different story. My mindset changes. I'm drawing back. I'm looking for anchor point. I'm looking for the kisser button, the peep, and the touching the nose, and getting the right pin. And I can't shoot a compound fast. And yeah, I, I've tried instinctively shooting a compound, but as soon as I put the compound in my hand, my mind goes to that style of shooting. I put a recurve in my hand, my mind goes to the other style. It's, it's just like yeah, any weapon. It, it's and different weapon. Over too. Right. When the cam breaks over and you're at hold, it's like it doesn't feel right. You know, you want it, it's snap shooting, you know, it's it's just fast. It's gotta be yeah. you know, that, that's what in my recurve that, setup for bow fishing. <laughs> I don't use yeah. it for hunting deer just because uh, 
Uh, I don't want to take the time to get good enough to use the recurve. Um, mm. You know, right right now it's hard enough keeping time to do the uh, uh, the compound of which I got to finish setting my bow back up. <laughs> Right. It's taken a while. Yeah. <laughs> Doing everything else and maybe working on my own stuff. Bow fishing is fun. I uh my buddy has a, a setup and we screwed around with it a little bit over the summer. I I was having the very mental problem of of you know aiming the low part and, and the you know the, the uh prism of the water. And right. Just, for whatever reason I mentally I couldn't I couldn't get it. I'm sure if I practiced at it enough I'd I'd probably figure it out. Yeah, I, I had uh, I had somebody one time ask about something about shooting fish in the water and stuff. So I actually created a YouTube video one time. I took a glass of water and filled it up and then put um I think it might be my uh my steel for sharpening knives in there and then show the angle so the size so you can see the refraction. So it hit the water and it kind of shifted over immediately. And then depending on where you're at, you know, because they were talking about right. You know, at different distances. Well, it depends on how deep it is. You know, and then the further right. away it is, the more it's going to likely likely skip off the water. You know, so you got to have the right angle, and then how deep are they? Because if they're on the surface, they need pretty much right. aim where they're at. As they get deeper and deeper, they're off more and more. So, you know, that that's a challenge when you're trying to figure out how to shoot a fish when it's in the water because you're not there. And then then if you don't have polarized glasses, now that it's hard to see down there. <laughs> right and then judge the depth of the fish right usually, how deep is know, it Harper, a big enough target you know but there's a there's some videos online of uh and i don't think it was in america it might have been south america or southeast asia um and these guys were off of a bridge and they were bow fishing for food and they were they were hitting you know tilapia sized fish i don't know what the fish was but i mean these guys were like on point it was really impressive they were you know one after another and it wasn't a, a large body of water off of a, you know a, wasn't a footbridge it was you know 30 feet off the off the, the the lake or whatever it was definitely a cool video yeah yeah that's that way when you when you have to depend on that to eat you kind of right. you, you get good <laughs> <laughs> right yeah no choice but to get good yeah it's like you know Many years ago, you know, you, the kid would go out, go out hunting to get food, and and uh, you got three bullets with you. You better bring back three animals. <laughs> you know, one, one <laughs> shot. You don't have ammo to waste because it's, it's not unlimited right. ammo. You know, like you know, we're, we're more used to that now. Where you've got unlimited. Um, you know, same thing with the, you know arrows. You know, we have lots of arrows. It's not like where we have to take a stick. You know, get the right stick and and form it down and size it and shape it and cut it. You know, it's it's not. You know hours work to make a, a dozen arrows you know we just go buy a dozen arrows and put them together and go you're you know yeah if you're fletching them that's the longest time depending on what you're fletching with you know if you're using fletch tight you know now you're looking a little bit longer but you know the new ca glues you know if you're using those you know there you stick it on go a dozen arrows don't take you long right tree sap and twine <laughs> right right so it all just kind of you know what what do you have access to and you know you no matter how easy it is to get there, I still I still hate losing any of them, you right. know, or breaking them. Oh yeah, that that yeah, that's that's always a uh, like ah, oh, come on, 
just seeing money, you know, dollar signs roll through your head. Yeah. Well, and every time you shoot at a deer, if you get any part of your arrow back, that was good. You know, if you can right. recover your broadhead and, and arrow, you know, that's even better because you just sharpen it and clean it up, refletch it. Because I shoot feathers. So when you go through um, through the area, they get kind of messed up. So it's just easy to just cut them off and refletch them. You know, if you use veins, you can just wash those off. But I use feathers. Right. Still old school from, from starting out in the <laughs> 60s with feathers. I still shoot four-inch feathers. <laughs> <laughs> I um that that one on the wall back there at the uh, that bolt came out the broad edge still functions the bolt was not cracked fractured uh the luminoc in the back still lights that, that that one is still in circulation it's marked down to like number three in the quiver oh That's yeah my top choice but it's still it's still in rotation it will be used if needed yeah I know arrows now are, are getting really good I know when carbons first come out. I looked at them and it's like, there's no way I will ever shoot one of those. Because the way they were originally made, you may may or may not remember, but they were all um, straight carbon running from tip to, to knock. So it was all just yep. straight rolled carbon. And when they broke, they splintered. So you get a whole, yep. whole bunch of little splinters. And I said, I'm not going to shoot into a, a deer or, or whatever I'm hunting and have that splinter and have all those carbon fiber fragments all over because if mm -hmm. you do happen to eat one it's going to tear everything up as you're going through so there's like no way oh, i yeah. would shoot them and then they started coming out with the cross weaved ones where they're yep. one goes horizontal one goes vertical now they're strong when they break they break clean they don't shatter and it's like okay now and then in 2001 when i um, i bought the archery star um you know, the PSE dealer and the PSE arrows are coming out really good. Um, they're really a good arrow. And then it, they were breaking really clean. Then they have what they call their X weave, which was instead of being horizontal vertical, it went as cross uh, at an angle, like 45 degrees each other. And and those were supposed to be really tough arrow too. I've got some of those as well. But, uh, you know, now they're they're top. There was one day I was down when I had my store. I was down at the the range shooting, and I had uh, yeah, actually it was late. I shouldn't have been. I missed, and I sent that arrow uh, clean through the steel commercial door, clear up to the fletching. Yeah. Didn't hurt the arrow. I just pulled really? it out. Didn't hurt the arrow. And then getting ready for hunting season, I had my broadhead target out because my my target, I wouldn't shoot broadheads in it, but I had a separate broadhead target. And for mm -hmm. some reason, I missed this muzzy broadhead, hit the concrete block wall. The broadhead stuck into the wall and it cracked the shaft right back where the insert was. And that's it. It broke off there. And I was able to cut that arrow down, pass any defects, and give it to my son to shoot. I still have the broadhead in my my uh, arrows. <laughs> Didn't even hurt the broadhead at all. That tricor point on it stuck right in the concrete block. That didn't go in deep. It went in, you know, maybe sixteenth of an inch, but enough to stick. Like pull it out. Right, right. <laughs> like when you're tired, don't shoot. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> the point of the story yeah, is when you, mistake, yeah. when, when you start getting tired, quit shooting. It, it's you only starting to make mistakes and. Yeah, I did it twice. <laughs> right, and you'll do yourself a disservice and develop right. poor form, poor habits, yeah. Yes, you know, 
when you have your store, you're working from morning till night and then it's like, I need to get some practice in and get, get stuff set up. And, and then it's like, right. yeah, oh, they're not working too well. And, and, and now my <laughs> hunting bow, it went, I was working on other stuff, you know, I was working it at, at, I worked at Bass Brown Cabela's bow and in archery departments and, and I'm working all that. I come home and I finally, I needed a new string on my hunting bow. I finally got, after a couple of years, got a new string on it. Then it sat for a few more years. I hadn't done anything. And I still got to get finished, get it setting up with my new strings before I have to make new <laughs> strings. <laughs> right. So I got to get that set up before I can even go out bow hunting this year. Hmm. Yeah. Then my so, yeah, you always got something, something yeah. going on, you know. My other target bow, I, I'm going through using that as, as uh, lessons in the group, the, Archer, uh, the Facebook 101, uh, Archer Talk 101 Facebook group. Uh, I'm using right. that as lessons on how to make strings and, you know, how to install them and setting them all up and, and, you know, summer hit and garden come. And the next thing I know, I was like, I've got to get back to finishing that series up, <laughs> you know, and, and teaching people how to, how to work on their own bows. And, you know, that's one of the things we do in a group, you know, work on your, on your bow. Um, you know, we've got bow techs like myself that have been, you know, doing it for 20 plus years and, working on your form. If you have questions on your form, you just ask the questions or upload videos and, and, you know, we'll review them. You know, I've been coaching since 95 and we got other people that have been coaching, you know, just as long, if not longer. And, you know, there's a lot of people in there that have a lot of, a lot of good information. And I know when I go out to some of the other groups, somebody has posts like, well, how's my form or what's good, what, you know, what am I doing wrong? And you'll hear everybody has a different opinion. <laughs> And some of them are, are completely wrong. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you're right. doing it wrong. Well, just practice more. No, practice more don't do you any good if you're not doing it in good form. And, you know, being an instructor for many, many years, you, you kind of learn what works and what doesn't work. And you have to modify it for each person. You, you know, yeah. for for you to help you out with, with your problem, we would do something completely different than somebody, you know, your same size, age, everything. Uh, that doesn't have that problem right. we're gonna we're gonna have you shoot differently just because of you know physical limitations um i know i, I was able to meet um nebraska has their outdoor expo and i went okay. volunteered for it and i got to meet um matt stutzman if you you know who he is i don't he's he's uh olympic archer in the paralympics okay. He's the archer with no arms. He shoots okay. a bow with his legs. Okay, I'm, I've seen met him and talked to him. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd seen a video of him shooting against another guy with with just one arm, and 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 then it comes he was there, and I got the medium. I was this really nice guy, so hoping to get him on on the podcast one of these days. But you know, get our schedules together. That would be awesome. I'd love to listen to that. Yeah, I just need to try to reach out to him again. You know, as far as you send emails out, they end up in spam. <laughs> so you never know if they right. make them or not. So right, right. I'll try and get him on here one of these days and talk to him. And I know it's uh, it's always interesting to talk to different archers and what's going on with them and and everything else. It's just really, really kind of nice to chat and that's why i like this this podcast because like i get to talk to guys like you and everybody else and and it's fun 
record it for right, posterity well, and thank you definitely i i had a great time and uh, thank you for having me on i appreciate yeah, it yeah 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 glad to have you on and uh for for my listeners um i do have a consultation call that i offer to anybody that would like to it's 15 minutes long i have a form that you fill out you ask you some basic questions and i'll put a link to that in the description down below uh, for anybody that's interested in that, just fill that out and get a call, see if coaching might be for you, see if I can help you out. And the other way you can get information, like we talked about, is the Facebook group, Archer Talk 101. Uh, there, it's all for beginners. Just go out there and join. I'll leave a link in the description in the, uh, for the link in there. Um, not talking about it. I'll leave a link in the description below for the group. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, the mind and tongue don't work together. Uh, and then the other thing you can do is um, go out to my website, archtalk101.com. And there we have information out there, as well as if I review a product, I'll put a link out there. If I find, you know, good products, I'll, uh, I'll put links out there for that. Uh, so, you know, just um, get a hold of those in one of those three places. You can always get a hold of me. I'm, I'm available. And we'll, I think I'll check out the new era archery and, uh, um, check them out and we'll leave, we'll leave a, a link in the description below for that place if you'd like to go out there and also put a link out on my uh, um, my website for it. So once again, I'd like to thank you for being on the call today, Bill. It's been real real nice and enjoyable talking to you. And we'll have oh, to thank you for having me, Roy. I appreciate it. We'll have to continue this another time. So once Absolutely. I'd love to come yeah. back. Yeah, once again, uh, my name is Roy Canterbury, and I've been your host today on Arch Talk 101, and we'll see you next week.